The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is The Customer Edge with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo, provide a phenomenal customer experience, and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place. Today's buzz, selling. Hmm, interesting. No, this is going to have something for everyone out there in our listening audience all over the world. Let me get started. It's a fact. The selling process has changed. Before interacting with your sales team, anybody in your organization, prospects today have likely completed almost 60% of their purchasing decision on their own. They find information about you. They research. They talk. They shout out on social media. They are not talking to you. They're learning about you, and they're talking to other people. It's not like it used to be, for sure. Now, here's your challenge if you choose to accept it. You have to deliver greater value throughout every step of the buying journey. You need to be there so that they will want to choose you and buy from you every step single time. That's a big challenge. How are you going to do it? Successful companies today are taking advantage of something called insightful selling techniques to win and retain the right customers every step of the way. Are you ready to learn how? I sure hope so, because I have a panel of three experts who are going to help us explore the topic of next-gen sales, winning with insights. Let me introduce my first guest. First up is Britton Manasco. He is president and co-founder of a company called Visible Impact. And Britton sent me an interesting quote from the artist, the Belgian surreal artist, named René Magritte, M-A-G-R-I-T-T-E. Those of you like me who took French literature and French art way back in college, go look up Magritte. Beautiful, beautiful artwork. And he provided witty and thought-provoking images under the umbrella of surrealism. Here's the quote, very appropriate. Everything we see hides another thing. We always want to see what is hidden by what we see. Wow, that sounds like an interesting conundrum. Britton Manasco, welcome. How are you today? Um, well, thank you. Uh, good to join you, Bonnie. I'm doing fine. Thank you. Good. What an interesting quote. Interesting. You're a first-timer on our radio show, and so is Renee Magritte. So welcome to both of you, <laughs> Renee, in absentia, of course. Tell me why you picked this quote. Very, very interesting. Go ahead, Britton. Well, I love Magritte's art, but I think his uh, idea there is really central in the sense that as insight sellers, our challenge is to cut through all the noise and say what hasn't been said. In fact, it's surprise, it's uh, the, the provocative angle, it's um, the story that hasn't been told that grabs the buyer's interest, the prospect's interest. That gets them leaning in in a, in a world of you know, excessive noise and cacophony. 
And it's our job to really express these uh, perspectives, these new perspectives that, that reframe the picture, if you will, and, mm-hmm. and get them leaning in, creating a compelling conversation, and open up the door to n- new opportunities, new avenues, new discussions. Britton, question. If, if, as I said in my intro, people have already completed well over half of the purchasing journey on their own, okay, how do you have that conversation? And j- just give us a little bit of insight. That's one of our keywords today. Uh, into how soon can a knowing and very smart retailer, manufacturer, whoever it is, how soon can you insert yourself into that direct selling process so that you can change the outcome in your favor? Any clues here? Well, the 60% is very much a pervasive statistic out there. It's It's used and sort of presented without context, and I think maybe some context is useful in the sense that uh, in certain cases, uh, it makes sense that the buyer would be farther along, the more transactional or simpler or less, uh, the lower the stakes, the more they can go further on their own. The higher the stakes, the greater the risk, the greater the investment, uh, the more likely that they're going to need the help of a consultative, insight-rich seller to help them clarify not only the solution and its benefits, but, but stepping back. In fact, reframing the situation, as I discussed, um, sort of stepping back and revisiting the problem and the scope of the problem, the costs and consequences of standing still, because if the seller merely takes the buyer at face value, having made uh, 60% of the decision on their own or 70, sometimes I hear 90%, That means Mm -hmm. that the seller is just following the buyer. They're not adding value. They're not acting as a consultant. Very interesting. Thank you so much. Great intro to our topic, Britton. And I'm going to now turn to our second panelist and introduce her. It's Heidi Tucker. She's vice president of Global Alliances at a company called Inside View, and that's all one word. Heidi has sent me a rather long quote from Michael Harris. Those of you not familiar with Mr. Harris, he's the author of Insight Selling and the CXO of Insight Demand. Heidi, I'm going to read the whole quote because it's too good to just excerpt it, and then you can explain more. So here's the quote from Michael Harris. Imagine if your salespeople could shine a light of insight on today's empowered customers so that they no longer underestimate the cost of the status quo and the benefits of change. Your salespeople would no longer have to chase these empowered buyers down the road of commoditization and discounting because they would know how to sell value and differentiate your product. I think we've solved the whole challenge here. Heidi Tucker, how are you today? (laughs) I'm great. Thanks so much, Bonnie. I'm really happy to be here today. Thank you. We're delighted to have you. So talk to me. Interesting. A very, very great choice in selecting Michael Harris, a very obvious choice for the show. Tell me what this quote means to you, Heidi. Yeah, I'd be be happy to. Um, I I met Michael Harris uh, a little while ago. and He's a a prominent author, has a book called Insight Selling, which has been a very meaningful part of my coaching to my team and, and what our company does. And the, the crux of it is uh, a bit of what Britain led into, which is that we all have access to so much information these days. And buyers are busy, uh, especially uh, B2B buyers or people in a business context. And so we tend to do as much research as we can online because we can. And it's, mm-hmm. just our, uh, it, it's our habit. But when we do that, we don't really have the information 
to discern uh, very important competitive differentiation between certain solutions. We tend to push our research into the small amount of time that we have, and what ends up happening is that all the solutions become commoditized because they all basically seem the same. And then the buyer kind of diminishes the overall value that they think those can return because they're looking at the solutions in a fairly generic way. And and then basically they go into a conversation with a sales rep just wanting to know how fast and how cheap they can get it. Mm-hmm. And so as salespeople, we need to make sure that we can fully understand and articulate the value in an innocuous way where the buyer is ready to receive that information. And we can talk more about that later. Um, but it's very important for us to use the insights that we gain in order to communicate effectively, knowing that our buyers have already made up their mind for the most part. Thank you, Heidi. I'm going to add a one more, two more sentences to something I found from Michael Harris online that will also add to what you said, and we'll pick up a keyword Britton Manasco just used. The word is reframe. So here's another quote from Michael Harris. By using stories and research to deliver insights, salespeople are able to challenge the customer's thinking without challenging the customer. And once this reframe, there you go, Britton, once this reframe is accepted, questions may then be used to further inspire customers to buy. I think that ties it all up in a nice, neat package. Heidi, thank you very much for bringing us this quote from Michael Harrison, introducing him to the topic. And now let's turn to our third panelist. It's Shalini Mita, Director of Global Solutions Marketing at SAP. And Shalini helped put together this wonderful panel. Shalini sent me a beautiful quote from Maya Angelou. We're always happy to welcome Maya to the show in absentia, of course. And here's the quote. I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Beautiful. Shalini, how are you today? I'm great, Bonnie. How are you? Fine. Thanks for joining me, and thanks for setting up the panel and the topic. So why don't you elaborate on this quote from Dr. Angelou for us, please? Yes. You know, um, as we're, we're listening to, you know, both Heidi and in Brighton Talk, you know, there's a lot of technology, there's a lot of information out there, um, you know, people are more empowered, and, um, but at the end of the day, as much as selling has evolved, as much as technology has played um, a, a huge role in that process, I really think the, um, you cannot remove the importance of building a connection or relationship, and while um, you know, some transactions can be done without human interaction. I think there's a huge value still placed on that relationship. You know, you go back to the door-to-door salesperson where they were hired for their huge Rolodex. While the Rolodex might have evolved um, to, like, a LinkedIn profile, at the same time, the value of those connections is what you're delivering. And that goes to telling the story, to understanding your customer, really understanding what their needs are, um, and letting them know that you're providing them value and making them feel good that you understand what they need. Um, and so I think the connection and establishing that connection really plays a key role um, in today's selling environment. Thank you very much, Shalini. I, I want to ask you to level set for us. We're talking about our topic is next-gen sales, winning with insights. And I attempted to define that in my intro. Are we talking about retail sales? Are we talking about industrial sales? Are we talking about intellectual property? Are we talking about so- software? What exactly, Who? Who? to whom are we addressing all of this good information today, Shalini? You know, I think it's it's a 
across the board. Um, selling is a process, and um, all these valuable insights that you get can be applied to every different industry, to every different buyer and seller. So I don't think it's any one particular industry, any um, whether you're B2B or B2C. I mean, it's really important. Um, insights play a huge role into the value that you can bring to the customer and to nurture and foster that relationship. Thank you very much. I guess what? You know, guess what? It's time for me to circle back and ask my three esteemed panelists, what are you drinking today? I'm going to first ask you, where are you calling from and what's in your cup or what do you wish you were drinking? Mr. Manasco, where are you and what are you drinking? I'm being very formal with you. Yes, well, I am in Austin, Texas, and it is the afternoon now, and so I usually stop my coffee drinking uh, by, by noontime, but I drink a lot of coffee in the morning, and it's, it's, the brand isn't very special to me, usually the, the store brand uh, coffee, uh, and, but it is uh, a half-calf, and the reason I buy the half-calf is that uh, I can drink more of it, because it gives, it's, com- it's comforting to drink coffee, and I like it. And it's also a great caffeine delivery vehicle. And mm-hmm. I know because we spoke earlier that I was going to need a little coffee to keep up with you, Bonnie. So. <laughs> You're doing fine. Uh, my question is, would you please remind me what is half-calf? I'm, I'm sorry. I do, uh, I'm, I'm not exactly up on the food chain as far as, as coffee terminology okay, so goes. So what is it? Black coffee, but uh, half-calf just means any given cup has half as much caffeine as a typical cup. So you can drink twice as much. <laughs> so he says, that's what he said. Thank you very much. Heidi Tucker, where are you calling from and what's in your cup today? Uh, I'm calling from Kirkland, Washington, which is uh, near Seattle, for those of you who know this beautiful Northwest area. Actually, today we'll call it the Northwest area because it is uh, quite damp <laughs> outside. Yep. And my cup, uh, I have the other half of the calf that Britain doesn't have because my cup is a single grande, half soy, half non-fat latte. Whoa. I've had that drink for probably 20 years. It's been my drink of choice. And I like it because the soy is, it gives it a little bit of sweetness. The non-fat makes it not so fat. And uh, <laughs> it's a great drink. <laughs> and the Very. Fact, it's such a unique yeah. drink. I've had people see that marked on the side of the cup and people will say, oh, I see you're bringing a drink to Heidi Tucker because uh, they recognize Oh, you're branded with your drink. (laughs) Heidi, are we talking about Starbucks or do we have another coffee seller here? You know, I am a Starbucks girl. I'm from the, from Seattle. It's hard not to be. So yes, I. I'm I know. I know. I had relatives years ago in Seattle, and I know. A uh, question for you: Do you know that Starbucks is doing a major expansion all over the world, and they're putting in very high end? Watch the beans being being uh, brewed and roasted and whatever it is, uh, with a lot of visible visible moving parts. And they just expanded to one of the downtown streets in uh, Copenhagen last week mm. to a lot. Of a lot of fanfare. So, so Starbucks is on a worldwide quest. Let's see what kind of stories they're telling to engage their customers. Aha! <laughs> and now let's turn to Shalini Mita. Where are you calling from and what's in your cup today, Shalini? I'm in Palo Alto, California, um, and we are preparing for some major storm that's supposed to hit us tonight. So hunkering down, but I am feeling in the holiday spirit, Bonnie. So today I'm drinking um, a grande non-fat peppermint mocha. And because I was feeling like splurging a little today, even with the non-fat, I added a little whipped cream. 
Oh, you are good. I didn't say bad. I said good. Girl after my own heart. Thank you, panelists, very much. Guess what? I'm going to give you each a chance to take a sip of whatever is good in front of you, and we're going to be right back, and we're going to start the roundtable portion of the show. I'm warning my panelists, put your seatbelts on. We're going to go for a full half hour nonstop. We are talking today about next-gen sales, winning with insights, and insights is the key word. You're going to be getting a lot of those from my three panelists, Britton Manasco, Heidi Tucker, and Shalini Meet. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is the Customer Edge with Game Changers Radio. If you're keeping track, this is episode number seven. We're coming to you live on Wednesday, December 10th. The weather is not so great from the, I'm in New York, just started snowing. What can I tell you? Just finished a lot of rain. We got somebody in Texas, somebody in Washington, somebody in Palo Alto. So you just heard the unofficial Game Changers weather forecast. The answer is stay home and stay dry. We'll be right back after this break. Don't even think of touching your mouse, that app, that dial, whatever you're using to listen to us, Michael out. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. A global revolution is taking place, shaking the very foundation upon which all enterprises are built. This revolution is led by today's digitally empowered consumers and commercial buyers. They don't see our companies through a channel-focused lens. They look for and expect one experience, irrespective of the channel. Join us to explore insights, information, and ideas from sales, customer service, and marketing experts around the globe. Let's embrace the challenge of engaging customers in this new age. The Customer Edge with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Customer Edge with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to The Customer Edge with Game Changers. Welcome back. I have a shout-out for Lana Smith at SAP, who is the sponsor of this series, The Customer Edge with Game Changers. And Lana is tweeting all by her lonesome out there at hashtag SAP Radio. So if you want to follow along or just send us some questions, comments, whatever, just put hashtag SAP Radio in front or in the back of your tweet, and we will see it there, and Lana can respond, and so will I. We're talking today with Britton Manasco at Visible Impact, Heidi Tucker at Inside View, and Chalini Mita at SAP. 
ASAP. Our topic, next-gen sales, winning with insights. You know what's next? We're going to start our roundtable conversation. We're going to go about 25 minutes straight through, and I'm going to kick this off with Britton Manasco. And Britton, I'm looking at your notes. I actually changed my mind on where we're going to start this, so forgive me, but let's just let's just punt here. Britton, I want to start with your question you posed to me in your notes. What's wrong with conventional sales conversations? And you answer it. Let me just give a couple of notes here. You say they tend to revolve around the solutions companies offer as opposed to why the customer should change in the first place and why they should take these steps now. In other words, they fail to speak to business concerns and they fail to create a sense of urgency. That's a lot of strikes against those conversations, aren't they, Britton? Yeah, you know, and the situation is really people are sort of following their their natural inclinations or instincts and and salespeople just naturally love to talk about the great the future and how positive it's going to be and all the all the great things that are going to happen once they uh, implement uh, your product service solution and the reality of the situation is that uh, buyers don't really know in in many cases why they should change they're not sure and that's why so many decisions or so many sales cycles end in no decision because the buyers have not been persuaded that the, the pain of change or uh, the necessity to change is justified. And, and so this is, this is the problem with a lot of conversations is that they, they start out and, and very quickly run to this fabulous future that's going to, to come about as a result of this uh, new offering. And it's just not where the buyer is in their thinking process. It's not really where you want them to be either. If they, if they think they know what the solution is and they're just looking at you as one more vendor, then you are column fodder in that situation. You mm-hmm. want to change the, change the discussion, uh, go back to the story behind the story. What's, what's missing in this picture? Uh, what's out of it? So you want to reset the, the terms of the discussion and introduce new perspectives. Uh, when, when, and you want to do that with acumen. You want insights that reflect on the impact on their business, uh, not just the speeds and feeds, features and functions of your offering. These are the things that will move them to act, that will create that sense of urgency that will get them moving forward. These are what great sales conversations are about, but too often these elements are missing. Uh, Britton, it sounds like it takes not only insight, but the basis for insights is knowing who that prospect is sitting across the table from you, across the Skype visible window from you, across the, the chat, whatever it is. You have to know them. And the question, to, my question is, if they've already done 60% or 90%, as you alluded to before, of their research <laughs> before they come to you, how do you play catch up and get to know them so that when you finally get that chance, you're up to speed and you're ahead of the curve? Just quickly, I want your insight. And then We'll, we'll ask Heidi to chime in. Britton? Well, I think you want to do some research on, on, the, on the prospect and prepare for the meeting and, and figure out what, it, what are the angles you might pursue to, um, you know, like I say, reset the terms of the discussion. You don't, you don't want the discussion to start with a, 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 a discussion of cost and, 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 uh, and so forth and what, what's better than you. You really don't want to start out talking about mm-hmm. why you're different. That means they are so far down the decision cycle that they're ready to strike you out. Uh, you, you want to you raise some concern about their current premises, their, their 
existing thinking and perspectives. You want to do that without insulting them or calling their baby ugly. Mm-hmm. Just share with them <laughs> some perspectives based on your work as, a, as an expert in the field, as somebody who talks to their peers who's seen what they have not seen. Thank you. Heidi Tucker, jump in here. I know you have a lot to say. Agree, disagree, raise the bar, talk to me. Oh, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, I think it's, it's important to realize that in the first uh, few conversations that a seller has with the buyer, the seller is really trying to sell themselves personally at first because as buyers, we know that there are many, many solutions out there that could solve our problems. And initially, what we want is to find somebody that we enjoy having a conversation with. And after we get beyond the initial, we enjoy their conversation. Then we get to, do they have credibility? Does their company have credibility? And then eventually, we get to the point where maybe their solution is something that uh, we think can actually help us. And so to get to the point of establishing uh, credibility, we're really trying to establish trust in the relationship. And so to establish trust, you think about the trusted relationships that you have, they tend to be ones where you uh, have something in common with that person, maybe you've shared a common experience, you believe that person has credibility. Um, There are a lot of just basic human characteristics that go into a trusted relationship. Those aren't any different for business than they are for personal. And so once you can establish some basic trust, which, incidentally, the, the Internet today, you know, the web is full of all kinds of information that can help you establish that trust and find some commonality that you have with your buyer. It could mm-hmm. be uh, a sports team that you have in common. It could be a place in the world that you wanted to travel. or that you, It doesn't have to be something related to your product. It could even be something that's related to their industry and some unique knowledge that you have or an article you read about key drivers in their industry. It doesn't have to be purely personal. It just has to show that you are somebody that they're willing to spend time with and want to hear more, uh, more from. And from that point, then you can start into uh, some questions that allow you to then frame a story that can help you uh, communicate the value that your solution offers. Thank you, Heidi. You know, it sounds to me like you're saying do unto do unto the customer as the customer is already doing unto you. Use the Internet, research them, research their company, try to find. We all know people are putting all kinds of personal information out there. So you mentioned you have a sports team in common or a part of the world you've been to or a place where you lived or went to school. So you have the, the elements out there if you just go look for them. Is that, that a good way to approach it, Heidi? Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And I will add one caveat that you don't want to be creepy. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a big difference between finding some common context and talking about a picture that you saw of your buyer on Facebook when they were in Mexico. You don't want to go there. <laughs> uh, I like to use the example, our, our CEO is Umberto Maletti. With a name like that, you almost have to be a race car driver, and he is. And anybody that meets with Umberto about, you know, in a, in a sales context, if they've done their research and they know that he's passionate about racing, that will uh, get you much further along in a conversation with him than if you don't know that fact. And so that's, uh, that's my only caution is use the information that's there, but make sure that you're not being creepy with it. 
Very interesting. It, you're almost uh, almost hear you saying, Heidi, that it's expected that you will know that about Umberto, because if you're a, a citizen of the digital world, that's something that you should know if you're going to try to set up even a business relationship with him. Great points, and I like the be relevant, not creepy. Very important. That's that's a good buzz uh, recommendation. Shalini Mita, I know you want to join this conversation. What do you think? Yes. Oh, I'm in agreement with, with both. Um, Heidi and Britain, you know, I think it's really important, that whole relationship, right, creating that connection. Um, no conversation, no sales conversation should ever be a cold call anymore. There is, there is no, um, there's no reason that that should happen, especially, as Heidi mentioned, there's so much information about your customer out there. Um, you know, a simple LinkedIn search gives you enough information to start a conversation. And, and if you don't, you know, you're at a, a distinct disadvantage if you don't know who you're talking to. Um, that can easily turn, um, you know, a call very off very fast. Um, and I think what's happening is, you know, the whole dog and pony show or just going out and doing product pitches um, is, is definitely, as Burton said, you know, you, you can't have those conventional conversations anymore. Every single interaction needs to be customized. It needs to be tailored to that customer. You need to understand not only the customer but their business. Um, and because there's a lot of information out there, there's a responsibility as a salesperson that you're knowledgeable um, because the customer is already knowledgeable and they want someone that has more to bring to the table and not less. Okay, Britton, I think you probably want to chime in here. Any thoughts you want to add before we go to another topic? Well, I, I think... In order to do that, to come to a meeting prepared and so forth, uh, uh, we just happen to be fans of arming, arming our clients with what we call a, a, a personal briefing and the, and the messages and the tools that enable them to do that. That allows them to come to those meetings um, with a perspective, with a, with a point of view that, that reflects on industry trends and drivers and, um, and, and locks on to what the uh, the buyer may be experiencing in the absence of your solution, what their peers are experiencing and what they're going through. If you come with those kind of uh, perspectives and so forth, I think you can really customize around that to fill that in with, with your research in terms of how this might apply to your client, uh, your prospective client. But you're coming with a per- point of view. You're not just coming to, to ask questions and, and take them through what we call the long interrogation. That's over. Mm-hmm. You have to come uh, right off the bat and sort of give them a preview, uh, almost like the, uh, the movie trailer, <laughs> the two-minute movie trailer. Mm-hmm. What is, what's it going to be like to work with you? And that's what we call a personal briefing. Britain, question. Let's just say arbitrarily that 500 people are listening to us right now or in the next couple of hours when the, the show is available on demand, uh, and they're all in sales. For how many, what percent of those would you venture to say, Britain Manasco, what percent would find this an aha moment? Really? I've been doing it wrong. And what percent would say, oh, yeah, we already know that. Our CEO and our, our chief of sales already told us this is the new way of selling. We have to have insights and we have to establish relationships and we can't be creepy and we have to do research. Uh, where do you think this would be a surprise for most or just a, yeah, that's good to hear? What do you think? 
Yeah, that's a hard one to answer because I suspect two-thirds, if they were really honest, would acknowledge there's, there's really new insights here, two-thirds to three-fourths. <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, people, if they've been successful doing things one way, um, they're, they're, much, they're, they're much more resistant to new ideas. So that's part of it. Even with salespeople, there's a resistance to new approaches. And and so they, uh, you know, that that's a that's a process. I certainly see it out there with our clients. There's just a huge amount of excitement about this. It's it sort of infuses the job, the profession, with new life. It says you are, are mm-hmm. out there acting as a consultant. And while we've talked about consultative selling over the last ten, twenty years, um, this they weren't really bringing perspectives and, and points of view. Uh, they were they were out there to ask questions and so forth. That was what we considered consultative selling. I think it's changed now. I think you bring perspectives to set context that that create more powerful conversations. And I think anybody in sales ought to be excited about that or energized about it. And young people ought to be excited about the prospect of getting into that profession. That's what I was hoping you would say. Now let's turn to co-panelist Heidi Tucker. Heidi, I'm looking at your notes. I want to go in a deeper into a direction we've just started to talk about. I'm looking at your second point you sent me. Stop selling and start solving. How do you use storytelling with insight selling? And then you make a comment, ask a few relevant questions, then tell a story of another client you've helped, focus on the pain they had, the ineffective solutions they tried, the benefit of your solution, and of course the resulting benefit, and you add, make it personal and emotional. This is, I think, the first time we've mentioned emotional in this context. So why don't you set us up a little better, a little more, Heidi, about storytelling, how how many stories do you need in your back pocket when you go to see a client? Say, Let me tell you about Bob. We just talked to Bob last month. How many Bob stories do you need and how emotional should it get? Those are, those are great questions. Yeah, I think where we've started the conversation today is around the value of insight. And I think most people would agree that if you know something about your prospect before you go in and start the sales conversation, you're probably going to be more effective than if you don't know anything. And so the trick is, what are the things that you need to know, and then what do you do with that information? So Britton was talking about knowing something about their industry and maybe some key drivers of profitability in their business. Those are really important. What's also really important is, is understanding the problem that you think you might be able to help them solve. And the reason to understand the problem um, such as, you know, what, what have they, what other solutions have they tried? What are they doing today to deal with that problem? How did they, and how did they first learn about the problem? Um, those are the reason to understand those in great detail is not so that you can come back and say, here's how we can solve all those things for you. Because the minute you do that, you've destroyed your credibility. You put on your salesperson hat. The reason to understand those key insights about their particular uh, problem is so that you can very quickly think of another customer that you have helped to solve a similar problem. And so once you've asked a few questions, not a deep interrogation, you basically mm-hmm. have an idea of the, of the situation that they're facing. You draw this other story from another customer, and you just talk about how that customer was facing a similar problem and you talk about it in the, from the standpoint of that particular individual that you worked with, not the company at large. That's not, uh, that doesn't make for a very good story. It's actually kind of boring just to hear about the general company. But mm-hmm. you talk about the specific person 
that had the problem and the personal pain or professional pain they felt over that problem not getting solved. And then how your company was able to come in and offer some solutions that solve the problem and then the result, uh, the resulting benefits as quantifiably as you can uh, mention them that that other customer realized. And by telling that story in hopefully maybe one to two minutes, this is not a long novel that you're reading, mm-hmm. you disarm the buyer, um, you, you play to the native um, characteristic that we all have from the day we were born, which is to want to hear stories. In the moment somebody says, once upon a time, we all, we all uh, pay attention. And, and then it, it creates an emotional... Um, concept in the in the buyer's mind where they don't feel like you're challenging them with questions or trying to tell them how to run their business better. You're simply sharing a story of how you've helped another customer and then saying, you know, perhaps we can help you in a similar way. And then it opens up the buyer to then feel free to discuss more detail about the situation and how it's similar or different to the other customer. And that's where you get your real good uh, information. Thank you, Heidi. Very good insights there to use that word over and over again. I was very intrigued to hear you say, don't just talk about the customer's company and their challenges and their pain points and their whatever it was and their journey. Talk about a specific person. I believe that's where the, the personally emotional comes in. You're talking people to people to people. I like it a lot. Shalini Mita, what do you think about the information Heidi just shared? No, I think, I think it's spot on. You know, it, it's really about training that connection with your customer and providing the value, right? Is, so it's, it's providing the value that you understand their industry, you understand their trends and their business challenges, and you've worked with other companies that have similar um, challenges, but it's helping humanize their brand. You know, whereas a, a, a coffee maker company, you know, um, has different touch points with their customer, right? Whether the customer is walking into a retail store, purchasing something online, servicing their coffee machine, that customer wants to have a single view of the company they're dealing with. Similarly, companies want to have a single view of the customer they're interacting with. And if you can provide insight where you've worked with companies that have similar challenges and similar business problems that they're trying to solve, and you're, you're helping humanize their brand, you're helping create that connection that you understand the problems that they're facing, that really helps you in the long run, and that creates that relationship with that customer. Thank you. Britton Manasco, thoughts? Agree, disagree? Yeah. Uh, I mean, just just a couple things. I I think uh, on on the just amplify Heidi's point on the on the problem. I mean, I think you're you're probably as an insight seller, you're you're amplifying the problem. You're uncovering problems that they haven't even seen, telling them something they didn't know about a problem they didn't know they had. That's that's when you really get them leaning in. So so enhancing their perspective of of the problem or the potential risk is a great way to create a compelling conversation. Um, But then I would also add that um, it's, you know, so what makes a great story once you've got people leaning in? And I think it's, it's conflict, it's contrast. And we look at this as the, you know, the, the, it's the difference between the before and the after. We call it the breakdown and the breakthrough. And so you're looking to it really express vividly, visually, in, in, in lots of cases, uh, we would advocate, uh, what it looks like, what, what a, a prospect's world looks like, what your prospects look 
world looks like as you've seen it and, and you've seen it among their peers and, and speak to that, speak to that deeply. Talk about the implications and consequences of standing still, of making no decision. How's that going to play out over time? You know, that, that really should raise uh, concerns and anxiety and, and create a sense of urgency. But then you're ready to make the turn and start talking about what this breakthrough might look like. What if you had this solution that was capable of doing A, B, and C? Here's what we've seen with other companies like you that we've worked mm-hmm. with. That's, that's kind of the choreography of a story that's going to grab people's attention and, and really create uh, a motivation to change and invest. Well put. It is indeed I, a dance. Yes, go ahead, Heidi. Can I add on to that, Bonnie? Is yeah. there any other great uh, value in using storytelling as a technique is it, it simplifies, uh, it, it keeps you from getting too buried in the weeds too early. I mean, buried mm-hmm. in the weeds. I mean, too many features, benefits, facts, figures, things that create um, an, uh, they block an emotional connection with your customer at least early on in a sales cycle. But the more important reason to use stories is that today, very uh, very infrequently are, is a salesperson talking to the one buyer that needs to sign off on their deal. Oftentimes, there are many other people that have to buy into the solution. And a story is a great way for the people that you are first engaging with to become your champions and then retell that story because stories are much easier to retell when you create this visual picture in somebody's mind than having them try to remember six bullet points of facts and figures on mm-hmm. a piece of paper. Right. It's a conversation. That's what we're having here. Thank you, Heidi. Yes. Thank you, everyone. I have to move now to some interesting points in the notes that Shalini Mitra sent me. And Shalini, we're going to take a break in around seven minutes, but I definitely want to get this in your your yeah, I have something to say from your notes that I think will will get everybody's attention in a new direction. You say the traditional sales funnel is dead. Hallelujah. Maybe it's a hallelujah. The customer journey has changed as each customer shapes his or her own journey. And here's the key for those in the selling profession. It's important to know what stage a customer is in when you, and I'll put in parentheses here, parenthetically, when you finally engage with them. Are they in the awareness stage, the interest stage, the decision stage? And Shalini adds, you have to listen and see what your customers want, and you have to know where they are along that journey. That sounds like a different difficult other challenge in addition to everything else we've been talking about. Shalini, can you add on or expand this notion, please, of how do you insert yourself at the right place and time with the right customer and figure out quickly where they are in the journey? Sounds like a very big task to me. It is. It is a big challenge, and I think um, more and more companies are facing this challenge is, you know, how do I engage with my customer? Because there are so many touch points, right? Um, we, you have social, you have um, brick and mortar, you have website contact, you have customer service. And so through all these touch points, um, you know, how do you know what stage your customer is in? How do you know when they're, you know, uh, calling in to service their, their coffee machine that, you know what, that customer service agent might want to upsell them on a warranty plan or additional coffee capsules that they may be out of? Um, and so it really becomes on providing the insights to your company 
um, and not just in sales. And this is where there's a blend of sales, service, and marketing organizations needing to work together to um, really provide a single view of the company to the customer. And similarly, for the customer to have, have a single view of your company, that no matter who they're talking to, that person understands who they are. And based on where they are, provide them with you know, the correct information. You know, if they're just in this awareness stage, is, is providing them, you know, more thought leadership content and, and getting um, information across on the value that your company is providing versus if they're lower down the funnel is, you know, provided them more specific details on solutions. And I think really understanding where they are in the journey um, is really important for how you engage and you're, how you're redefining customer engagement. Thank you, Shalini. I'm, I'm smiling while you're talking because it reminds me of the old ploy. We, those of us who still shop brick-and-mortar retail, excuse me, walk in and a salesperson comes over to you and says, may I help you? And you know what we say? No, I'm just looking. And underneath my breath or your breath, we're saying, yeah, this is the third store we've been to. We've been comparing prices online. We've looked at what's going on on Amazon. We're looking even at Sears down the block who is discounting everything so deeply. You almost make money. You make money when you shop. I get refunds for things I buy. I get points at Sears for stuff I buy that's more than the value of what I buy. So my point is that there's always that subterfuge where the customer, and I'm talking retail obviously, says, I'm just looking, and they know damn well they're deep into the process. Shalini, a quick comment on that. What do you think? How do you get around that one? Imagine if your salesperson, you walk into that store, and that salesperson knows that you walked in and knows your past um, historical purchases, what you've bought before um, and could suggest alternative products to you, you know, mm-hmm. and you created a connection because you know, now it does sound a little creepy. <laughs> I was going to say that. They do have information, but if you join a loyalty program, you are, um, yes. you know, agreeing to provide another. You're asking for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think, um, you know, there is definitely the whole web rooming and show rooming where you're researching online, yes. but buying in the store and, um, researching the store, buying online, yes, there's definitely um, a lot of that happening. But I think at the end of the day, a customer is going to go where they feel like they're getting some value. And if that salesperson is knowledgeable and really understands that person, maybe they come into the store a lot and they know what they like, um, and helping create that connection um, and giving the salesperson those insights can really help you know, increase sales. Thank you. Britain, I know you want to say something. And Heidi, of course, we're talking about, about your point about being relevant, not creepy. Let me, let me let Heidi go first on this one. How, how can you not be creepy when you're walking up to somebody and say, hey, Bob, we know you've been in the store 15 times in the last two years and looks like you need a new winter coat. I see you looking at the size larges. May I suggest an extra large? I don't know. What do you say to Bob? Heidi, how do you approach that? Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't say that we've known that you've been in the store that many times in the last couple of years. I think you have to use the information behind the scenes to a certain extent and be delicate with, uh, mm-hmm. with the information that you have about people. It may be that you don't approach them right then and there in the store. It may be an invitation that they get to a frequent you know, buyer uh, wine tasting event or something. Ah. I think you have to be very, very careful because you can destroy trust and credibility much more quickly than it takes to build it. Very well. It's a double-edged sword. Britton Manesco, I know you want to say something. Talk to me. 
Well, I don't, I, it's 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 tough there. I mean, the, the retailer is at, at a disadvantage. The the physical retailer is at a disadvantage mm-hmm. relative to the online retailer because I don't know all sorts of um, you know personalized messaging and so forth is is possible in the online realm without hitting the creep factor. Um, but if somebody comes up to you. Uh, <laughs> In the store, I you know I I just I just think you know I'll just amplify the the points I've I've heard from Heidi and Shalini is that uh, you know you, you've just got to do that with diplomacy and delicacy and it may be difficult to do maybe it shouldn't be done I don't know tough in a retail situation. It certainly is, but I bet you we have a lot of retailers going to be listening to the show, so I just wanted to touch on that. Guess what, panelists? You have done so well. You've given me so much energy. We've had such a great conversation. I'm going to give you all a break for about 90 seconds, and that's it. When we come back, Britton Manasco, you are up first. We're entering our crystal ball predictions round, and I'm going to ask you to fast forward this conversation anywhere into the future. If you like the year 2020, you can pick that or any time before or after, and I'm going to ask you what will next-gen sales winning with insights be like at that point in the future so to my listeners don't even think of touching that mouse that app that dial we'll be right back with predictions round michael out up-to-date business and financial news call now and get the financial information you need 866-472-5790 866-472-5790 The experts are here Voice America Business Network A global revolution is taking place shaking the very foundation upon which all enterprises are built This revolution is led by today's digitally empowered consumers and commercial buyers They don't see our companies through a channel-focused lens They look for and expect one experience, irrespective of the channel. Join us to explore insights, information, and ideas from sales, customer service, and marketing experts around the globe. Let's embrace the challenge of engaging customers in this new age. The Customer Edge with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. Listening to The Customer Edge with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to The Customer Edge with Game Changers. We're back, and it's time for the Crystal Ball Predictions Round. We're going to kick it off with our first panelist on the lineup today. It's Britton Manasco, president and co-founder of Visible Impact. And I have to mention, Britton, that you are writing a book on the strategic impact of virtual and remote selling with co-author Annika Seeley. And a shout-out to Annika, who was kind enough, we, we had asked her to be on the show, kind enough to introduce us to you and you to us, and we're thrilled to have you here. So, Britton, with that introduction, why don't you give me two minutes of predictions? Go. Thank you. 
Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, one thing to watch is it seems like with the stock market run up and, and, and the strength of that in recent years, corporations, um, incumbents in their industries have been relatively fat and happy and, and safe and secure. They haven't really run up against um, the disruptive innovators that uh, do get a lot of discussion. I mean, so it's been tough to be in the, the taxi industry, understand that. That's certainly been uh, oh. uh, overthrown in lots of ways. But other Brutal. industries have been more protected and a little, little safer in recent years. And yet I expect that to change. I expect there to be, in the next couple of years, a little bit more of flatness in the stock market challenge to, uh, to think more innovatively, a little more vulnerability to the companies that are innovative in their sales models, sales strategies, and sales practices. And um, that is going to create turbulence in, in the industry. And um, I, I think you're going to see industry and financial analysts asking questions uh, uh, of the CEOs of big corporations, asking them about their sales practices and, and questions that sales that the CEOs aren't used to hearing. And it's going to come down to what are you doing about insight selling? How are you using sales intelligence? How are you engaged and how actively are you engaged in virtual and remote selling practices, things that are high performance and highly productive? We're going to see a lot more of that in the next few years. Thank you very much. And let's turn to Heidi Tucker, our second panelist at Inside View. And Heidi, I'm just going to recap three little mentions here of three very important things you told us. Be relevant, not creepy. Stop selling and start solving. And one we didn't get to overcome the pain of change. So Heidi, what are your predictions for what? how far in the future would you like to go? Well, I'll, I'll go out about... Uh five to ten years in the future and say that I think we'll see a lot more salespeople than we have today simply because there will continue to be more and more innovation and more things to buy. Um, And we see MBA programs all over the country now having advanced degrees, uh, masters that you can get in sales where you didn't see that 20 years ago. And because most people don't like salespeople, we have a natural um, defense mechanism that goes up when somebody is trying to sell us something. My hope and my prediction is that all of those people that are now engaged in some sort of uh, a selling profession will become expert storytellers and expert uh, insight sellers because that will make a much uh, more pleasant uh, buying experience for all of us on the planet. Interesting. Expert storyteller. Sounds like there's an opportunity for some cycles of learning there, figuring out, I'm going to say this, how to get out of your own way and tell a story that will engage the person person to person and not creepy. I'm never going to forget that one, Heidi. Thank you very, very much. And let's now turn our attention to Shalini Mita. And Shalini, I didn't get to say quickly, uh, you mentioned in your notes to me an HBR report, Harvard Business Review, that says 65% of sales organizations say rising customer expectations are their number one challenge. Very important to know. And if if, what I was mentioning with Britain, if they don't know all of this, if they're hiding behind the traditional, we're going to do it the way we always did, they're just not going to be there and and the competition will certainly take over. Shalini, time for your predictions. You can take a whole two minutes. Go ahead. Great. Thanks, Bonnie. Um, So I'm going to do a prediction for 2015, um, be more kind of in the now, 
And what we're really seeing is um, where there's been a lot of insights that are provided to, you know, enable sales. Um, I think the key now is, um, as Heidi said, sales organizations are going to be growing. Um, there's more information out there. It's really about empowering your sales reps and really providing them with products, tools, technologies, tips, coaching, guide, guidance to really give empower them to go out there and sell. And I think one of the key areas is really is how do you give selling time back into their day? So they're really having these one-on-one conversations with their prospects. It's, um, it's not a lot of time spent on productivity tasks, but it's really about selling and spending more time doing that. We have the technology out there, but how do you enable it so you're really empowering your, your sales reps? Um, one of the stories I, I read, and it's been a while, but um, you know, UPS, they saved millions of dollars in fuel costs by eliminating as many left-hand turns as possible. So their drivers didn't take um, left-hand turns, obviously more on commercial roads, right? And they, they looked at kind of safety and delay factor. And so I think in an organization, you know, especially with sales, is how can you, you know, how can you eliminate the left-hand turns that add more time and delays um, to sales, but really rather empower them. Take all the insights that you have as a company. Um, you know, look at historical deals. Look at who influences who. And with this expanded network, you know, it's team selling. You know, I think the whole concept of lone wolf is gone. It's about collaboration, um, and it's about providing the insights together as a team um, and really helping to empower the sales team to sell more effectively um, and to win more. Thank you, Shalini. Wonderful. Thank you all for your predictions. I have a couple predictions. Let's see, it's Wednesday afternoon. We had a doubleheader today. We did our predictions, 2015 predictions on steroids. This morning, 11 o'clock, I talked to 15, uh, 13, 13 thought leaders from all over the business spectrum. Had a great show. Uh, now we just finished up our next episode of The Customer Edge. And tomorrow morning, I'll be here at 10 a.m. Eastern with the future of business with Game Changers. Topic, very interesting. Tis the season for retailers managing a contingent workforce. A lot of meat on the bones there. Shout outs to Britton Manasco at Visible Impact. Thank you. Heidi Tucker, Inside View. Thank you. And Shalini Mita at SAP. Thank you for your work putting together this wonderful panel. Shalini, it's just been a pleasure speaking with all three of you. A shout out to Lana Smith at SAP who sponsors this show. Marlo Margo Heiligman, who I've known for years and she is, I think, tweeting it at uh, handle SAP CRM. And again, a shout out to Annika Seeley for introducing us to Britain. Shout out and thank you to to Michael and the Business Channel team. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. I'll talk to you right here on the Business Channel, 10 a.m. Eastern tomorrow morning with the future of business with game changers. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to The Customer Edge with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham on Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.